Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. We just finished a series called Lighten Up, and this is what I want to ask you to do this morning is lighten up, okay? And so we got to have a little fun in church. I'm going to share some stuff, some personal things that, uh, you know, we're going to have fun this morning. We're entering this new series I'm crazy excited about because this series is all about what God wants to do in and through you. Now, I'm not saying go home and get up on the back of the couch and try to jump off because I don't want you to end up, you know, the way I did and everything was fine eventually. And so seriously, I would wear this forever. This cape actually, uh, when Heather and I got married, my, my dad and my father-in-law were in cahoots, and they actually made this. We played this at the end of our wedding, and uh, they, they put this on me as I walked down the aisle with my bride. And I just want you to know, there is, there's some like magic in this cape, because we're still together for 20 years. I mean, come on, man. So, come on, are you awake this morning? Come on, guys. Man. Hey, if you're new to the bridge, I know Derek introduced himself. I'm Chris. My wife's Heather. We've got five kids. And I just want to say this. If you're new here, man, this is interactive, okay? We don't want this to be a stagnant place. We want this to be a place you can just experience joy. You can experience freedom. Whatever you walked in with, you can leave here. Whatever's going on in life, you can realize that just for a moment, you can just get lost in God's presence and allow Him to speak to you this morning. If you agree with that, would you just say amen? Amen. amen. Hey, um, I want to talk to you about this new series that we're getting getting into, and uh, I don't know if you are a Twins fanatic like I am. Any Twins fanatics here? Okay, we, we we're in spring training right now, and, and I wish we could all go down to Fort Myers and watch them, but I remember two of the biggest games I ever saw in my life, and it was Game 7 of the 87 World Series and Game 7 of the 91 World Series, two of the biggest games that I've ever witnessed in my life. Now, if you haven't seen those, either you didn't like baseball or you're older than I am, and uh, I think I was eight years old when I first saw the first one, and about 11-year-olds the second time, and and. At the beginning of each of those years, here's what took place. All of the Sports, sports Illustrated people, everybody said there's not a chance in you know where that any of these, either of these teams can make it. Not going to happen. Won't work. Because they're just not that good. And, and so, I don't know about you, but when somebody tells me I can't do something, does that just motivate you more? That just, it's just like, ugh. I think that's like our entire St. Francis area, isn't it? Like, you tell us we're not a town, <laughs> we're down somewhere. You know, we're like, we're, we're just, we got it. Like, we own it. We're, we love it. And we're like, we're all about it. And that's just us, you know? And so I want you to be okay having some training. No matter where you're at, you might hear some basic stuff that you go, I know all this. Well, not everybody here does. We're growing, church. And so we got to make sure we all be on the same page this morning. Are you okay with that? Okay, so we got a few messages the next four weeks, five weeks, Derek said, you bring him dessert, I guess. Um, By the way, his boss loves key lime pie. That's the best. I just want you to know that. So make sure you hook him up. So first I want to talk about this, and this is the title of this message today, talking about spring training, but the message today is going from bench to court. Let me show you something here. If you don't know who this is, you're not missing out. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is Tom Brady, probably one of the greatest athletes who's who's ever played the game. And what's he sitting on? The Tom Brady benched? Are you kidding me? I mean, come on, the Saints would have been in the Super Bowl this year if they would have benched who? 
No football fans? Okay. So, so Tom Brady, just so you know, here he is, and he's on the bench. This was 2014. They actually benched him because he wasn't doing that great. Do you remember who won the Super Bowl? Not this year, but last year? The Patriots! Okay? Now I know we're all excited that the Patriots weren't in the game, but what I have to get you to see is some of us are like this. We feel like we've got gifts, we've got talents, we've got abilities, and we're going, we're sidelined. People don't see it. People have spoken over us our whole life. We're going, I don't, I don't know my value. I can't see my worth. And we're going, I'm just going to take over here. I'm going to take my helmet off and I'm just going to sip water and I'm just going to sit here. And, and the problem is we're all dressed up ready for the game. Okay? Tom looks pretty down in this picture. I'll admit it. But I think what we have to realize is that we each serve a purpose. And so today's message is really, I want to encourage you. I want to implore you. And I'm actually here as your pastor and friend. And even if I don't know you, it doesn't matter. Welcome to the church. I want to beg you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing. Okay? So that is today's message. If you go, what was today's message about? Rewind. It's about you going from the bench to the court. Okay? We don't want you sidelined anymore. We want you to jump in. Now, how many know or were ever picked last for, like, kickball? Don't raise your hand. I'll raise mine, okay? I was, some of you still raised your hands. Come on, all right? You just had to say it. You're like, because I want to be picked first. Well, here's the deal. Whether you were picked last or picked first, somebody is always picked last or picked first, but they still get to go into the game, right? They still get to go into the game. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. You don't have to get in the game. You get to get in the game. Alright? There's a difference. You know, this morning I posted on social media, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. If you've ever been guilt-tripped into going to church, don't go to church! Like, seriously! We get to come together as a body. We get to come together as family. We get to come together and celebrate Jesus in our culture. Not every culture gets that in this world today. Do you realize that? That we get to do that. And we're here together. So can, can we expect big things just as some little tiny kid who was four jumping off the back of a couch thinking he could fly? Could we as a church together realize that maybe God is not through with us and wants to do something bigger in and through us? Can we agree on that this morning, anybody? Yeah. All right, sweet. Okay, so here's the second part. You have to go today from renter to owner. Now, let me show you this first picture. Okay, this is a very conservative looking bathroom. It's a fine bathroom. There's nothing wrong with this bathroom. You know, it's got the porcelain where you can do what you need to do. It's got the the sink where you can wash what you need to wash. It's got the bar there. You can hang what you need to hang. And so you got you got everything here. And so if you're an owner of something, you know, let's say you own this house and you want to rent it out. Let's say you're a rental property manager and you go, you know what? I love my house. You take care of your house. You respect your house. You love it. And you want to make sure that everything is just hunky-dory. All right. You want it to be good. That's the word of the day, hunky-dory. You want it just to be excellent and taken care of. Now, how many know that you as an owner maybe have a bit different expectation than a renter. Yeah. So, so this is the before picture. Then they let renters in. Would you like to see the after picture? Go ahead. So here's the deal. Why? Now I'm not blaming the renters for this. I'm not blame, blaming the renters. But what I want you to see, go back to the one before it again. This one right here, they owned it. It was theirs to own. They said, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to make sure the toilet paper comes off the roll the right way in the bathroom. I'm going to make sure there's not stuff on the toilet seat or on the backsplash of the toilet. You know, I'm going to make sure it's all... That's what it's called, backsplash. Do you know that? All right. People in our church, we want you to be owners, not merely renters. 
We want you to be owners. Everybody say, I'm an owner. Not a member. We're doing membership. We're going to talk about this. But you get to own it. We want you to take a piece of the pie and own it. Okay? Whether your favorite is coconut or lingonberry or some of you on our Facebook post have some weird pies y'all like. Alright? Like, man, it, key lime. Get with it. Key lime. Alright? How many love key Who's with me on the key lime? Alright, like half, half of you are saved. Alright, so renters have rights. They have rights. Okay? Owners have responsibilities. There's a difference. And the people in churches who say, I'm going to take ownership, understand that it's not the pastor's job to minister to people, hear me out, but rather the body's job to minister to the body together. And as a result, people serve Jesus by serving others instead of sitting on our blessed assurance and expecting to be waited on. And what happens is it's this mental shift that takes place. Go, man, you know what? Right now, we're growing, guys, as a church. Like, we're, we're growing big time. Just look around. We've got every chair that we own out right now. You know, we loved Sundays where we were able to pull out chairs and we don't have any more to pull out. Like, we've got some folding ones and some stools. Come on, guys. Can we give God a little excitement? This is pretty cool. Like, this is fun. But we're at that place where I used to love when we'd walk in and I knew, I knew all of your names. Give me some grace. I try to know all of your names. But look around. It's hard for me to know everybody's name. I want to. I want to know your story. I want to know your kids' names. You know, our kids' ministry is bursting at the seams right now. You might say, well, we got more room in the sanctuary. We do. But we're running out of parking in kids' room, you know? And, and you've heard me share that before. Derek and I can't get to everyone like we used to. I used to be able to have coffee with everybody in the church. You know, it took a couple hours. Now I can't. And these are great. These are called growing pains. They're really good. But I want you to see today, and I have a challenge for you, that church is, it's who we are, not where we attend. Okay? It's who we are, not where we attend. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So are we seeking him? Me as a pastor, I'm trying to seek him constantly. I'm not perfect at this, but I've been asking God, say, God, what is it that you have for us? What is it every week that you want to speak into the body of believers? What is it that you want to speak into the one person that chose to come here this morning and hear a message that maybe hasn't been to church in a long time? What's that message? How do we combine those messages? Because I want you to be able to walk away and go, I can do this. Whatever life has thrown at you, you can throw something back at life. That's my goal. That's what I want to see every single week. And so what I see is, I see we live in a community that needs to continue to know the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay? And, and how often are we concerned about that one that will spend an eternity away from God unless they know? How often? How often do we think about that? I think about it. That motivates and drives everything I do. And let me just say this. I didn't grow up in the church. I hated going to church, man. I thought church was a bore. That's why, that's why we started one. Because we thought, you know what? Rather than complain, we're just going to be part of the solution. I implore you to do the same. Because if there's hope for me, there's hope for anybody. In fact, I, you know, some people go, well, pastors are called. They're called to ministry. They're They're called. Dude, I don't know if I'm called or not, but I volunteered for it, okay? Like, what are you volunteering for? What are you saying? Man, put me in, get me, get me off the warming bench with Tom Brady, his breath smells bad, put me in. I love Tom Brady just because I love one of my sons, and he's a Patriots fanatic. Do we believe there's hope for our community? 
Do we believe there's hope for our community? You know, and, and we might go, we, we can't be everywhere all the time. We're not omnipresent. But Sunday morning, particularly speaking, right now, we have to be, and are we constantly being a church focused on the visitor? Focused on the one who's taking a big risk, going to a place that maybe they've never been before. We've got to constantly keep that in mind as we grow. Let me just give you a few thoughts this morning. A healthy church is, first of all, desperate for God's power. Amen? Come on, stay with me. We're interactive. You be loud. I'm going to be loud. You be loud. You know, we look at this, and, and you might, in your own storiedness, the own way you're created, you might say, well, here's how I see God's power look. And what I would say is, be very careful to put God in a box of how you think His power looks. Because He will blow you outside of that box. Because He shows up in the times you expect Him least to show up. In fact, this week, uh, Derek and I, or two weeks ago, Derek and I were... We were praying for some families, and, and we were on the way driving, and, and there was a, a gentleman pulled over in the ditch. And like him and I had an agenda, we had our plan, and, and I'm going, man, that person looks like they're stuck. It, it's snowing out, and, and we got to go help them. And, and I said, this, truth be told, I told Derek, I said, I don't want to help them right now. I just want to go have lunch with you and talk about stuff that we haven't had a chance to talk about. And I drove past, and I'm like, no, we, we can't do this. And so we went around, we drove around, and it was actually, it was somebody who used to attend at the bridge and now is helping a church that we helped plant. And so it was cool just to see them and be there. But, but God's plans are bigger than what I put in front of me. Sometimes I can't always see that. Well, how do we show our desperation for God's power? There's a real simple way, and that's through prayer. Prayer is not this like, it's, it's not like a good luck charm that is attached at the beginning or at the end of something. Rather, it's where we're actually pursuing God. We're desperate for His power to show up. We pray prayers every day. Every day my prayer life involves you. Every single day. I walk, I live it, I talk it. It's not just a one hour a week deal. It's, it's a constant deal. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 2, it says this. It says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. Everyone say fame. What are we trying to do? We're trying to make Jesus famous, right? We want him to be famous, not us, not the bridge. We want him to be the reflector, okay? Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe. Everybody say awe. Awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. I love, this is a prayer of Habakkuk. I love this prayer because what he's saying is, God, I've seen your fame. I know how awesome you are. I'm not going to constantly stop to pursue you and ask you for your blessing and for your glory. No matter what you have lined up, I'm going to seek it out constantly and every single day, relentlessly. I dare all of us to do what Habakkuk was doing. And we have to realize, why was he praying this? Well, there's people that have been in church their whole life, and that's great, that's awesome, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know Jesus, you know him as Savior, you've accepted him. It's not the healthy that need a doctor too, it's the sick. The Bible says that. I was once sick. And so what I want to encourage us today is we've got to make sure we're not existing only for us. If we exist only for us... We're shallow and we have no idea what discipleship really means. If our prayer life is always focused on us, then we don't understand what it means to have Jesus as the center. Come on, I'm guilty of it. How often have we put ourselves at the center rather than Christ? And the crazy part is Christ will have no other place. Amen? Okay. 
everything that we do Sunday morning, everything, everything, I just want to be clear, everything, everything Sunday morning, absolutely everything, everything we do on Sundays, everything, is to be an on-ramp for the one that does yet not know. Everything. Okay? It takes many people to run a service Sunday morning. Some people aren't in here right now because they're hanging out with kids, and I love that. If I wasn't leading the church, man, I would be back in K through 5th. I love putting on a cape and flying around stage. They laugh way more than you did. It's way more fun, okay? I love that. But praise God, because I look around, and, and here's the deal. I know that God is going to speak to every single one of you that you have a part to play. Now, I want you to realize, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. How many have seen that, that really dorky Pinocchio Geico commercial where he's standing in front of people? You all have potential here. And then his nose just like grows really long, you know? I want you to know that this is genuine, alright? This is authentic. You have a part to play. You're part of what God wants to do in and through this community. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. You're not here by mistake today. Next is this. A healthy church is full of passion. Full of passion. People in the church actually love the church and they don't attend because they feel like they have to. The only reason people get angry with the fact that you love your church is probably because they have no idea what it's like to actually love theirs. Number one reason, according to statistics, this is done by John Hayward, in his research and development, number one reason churches grow. Number one. Now, hear me out. Obviously we pray, we seek God first, all of that. The number one reason people grow is because of this. Enthusiastic members. Or enth- and not even members. People who are enthusiastic about what God is doing in and through the church. He discusses his theories on church growth and decline by he offers this premise that if the church no longer has people enthused about reproducing more people who are excited about the vision, then that specific church will actually cease to exist. And he's showing it over and over and over. All churches, every church starts with people excited about vision. But as excitement dies, so does the growth of the church. And I just want to tell you, I haven't been more excited about the vision that God has given us for a church than I am today. We have been here 10 years, man, and we ain't going anywhere. We are just starting to scratch the surface, I believe, of what God wants to do in and through us. Now, we're in St. Francis, and I'm from St. Francis, so I can say this. It takes us a little bit longer to figure things out in St. Francis sometimes, right? Okay? I, I still thought it was okay to wear socks and sandals. I didn't realize that for like two weeks ago, all right? I'm just being serious. All right. A healthy church. Seriously, how many of you still do that? Let's just have a little word here for a moment. Stop it! All right. It's gotten worse. The millennial generation, the one after me, you know what they do now? They do socks and the the flip-flop thing with like the little thong between their big toe and the next one. That just burns and rubs, man. What are you doing? You're just signing up for athlete's foot, man. You're the poster child. Seriously. A healthy church trusts God for bigger things. Are you trusting God for bigger things in your life? Are you trusting God for bigger things? Your family, your workplace? What are you trusting God for? Do you believe, this is not a rhetorical question, you you can answer. Do you believe greater things are in store for our church? 
I do. And here's why. I'm looking at some pretty, pretty great people. I don't know all of you. The ones I know, pretty great. We're just pretty great. No, you're great. You're great. In fact, I want you to hear me right now. I believe our church actually already has all the volunteers that we need. Isn't that awesome? We have all the volunteers we need for every single ministry that we do at our church. The problem is they just haven't stepped up out of their comfort zone yet. Oh, it just got serious in here. Good. Here's good news. Today's your day. Talk about bench from court. I already set you up for this. You knew where I was going. You should be with me already. That should have came to a surprise to you. Trust God today with the unknowns of tomorrow. Even if that's as simple as going, hey man, put me in coach. Where do you need? I want to do something. I got some people, man, they want to do like every single ministry in the church and I constantly got to go as pastor. No, I don't want you to burn out. And we're going, where's that puzzle piece? Who is that 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 has that gift that some of us on the team just don't have that we're missing? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. I love this. I love this verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I love this verse. You know, the first time that this verse ever got to me is my wife and I, we used to teach kindergarten through fifth grade at a church we first worked at. And and I remember we had this fellowship hall and she did the coolest object lesson where she took tape, masking tape, and she made this like crazy maze all the way through the, on the floor and it was carpeted. It was carpeted. It looked just like this. And what she did is she read this verse and she had me go to one side and I stood on the tape edges for these kids to watch and she thought she was telling an object lesson to the kids. I was learning. And, and she went back and she picked up and pulled up the tape and all of a sudden the mazes just went like, whoo, straight. I wish we had the ability to do that here because that just changed my perspective of this verse. It says he will literally make your path straight when we trust in him. Now you got to figure it out. you got to have it all together. No. No, we don't have it all together. And if you think you do, then you really don't. Some of you got there. Got to be okay with change. Got to be okay with saying, hey, I'm believing God for greater things. Because what God has done is he has filled you with some kind of passion that's part of this team. And you've got to do something about it or you're going to explode. Here's the deal. A few years ago, um, about 12 years ago, I, uh, I did mortgage closings for a while. And I was a mobile mortgage closer, so I had to travel from Minneapolis, sometimes, or from St. Francis down to like Mankato, all the way up to uh, Red Lake, all the way over to Boundary Waters area, or Hibbing, up in that area, all the time. And, and I had to be spot on, I had to be there on time, and I'll never forget this day. And, and just stay with me for a moment, alright? It's going to get really real here in just a moment. I, I, for, the, for that time, I was drinking diet soda, and I don't know about you, but diet soda, like, just goes through me. I mean, like, bad. And so I get on 169, heading south towards St. Peter, and that's where I had my next mortgage closing. And I only had, like, 45 minutes to get there, and traffic was really bad, and so I didn't have time to stop. And it, like, started, like, like literally hurting. I had to go so bad. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking, no joke, I'm looking in my car. I had a Toyota Celica, you know, and, and, which is a tiny little car. And I'm going, even if, I, I can't even go in my car. There's, there's like nothing I can do. I'm literally, we're going slow. as before the overpass was finished by Fleet Farm on 169. Still north of that. We're going so slow. I'm literally opening up my door, looking in the median and on, on the shoulder to see if there's like a big gulp from Holiday that 
Literally. Like, I had to go so bad, and I'm going, what is going to happen? And like, I, I tell you what, man, the, the relief that came after that day, oh man, it was good. It's okay to laugh in church, alright? Some of you are so uncomfortable right now with this story. It's hilarious. Get over yourself, jeez. If I can talk about pee, we can talk about anything in church, okay? Here's what I want to say. This is the greatest illustration you're ever going to receive from me. I was filled. I need to pour it out. (laughs) Healthy church has leaders who lead. Well, Pastor Chris, I'm not a pastor. Didn't say that. Well, Pastor Chris, I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. Well, I can't lead a ministry. I can't do this. I can't. Have you tried? Have you given it something? When Pastor Derek and I see something in you and we speak into you, we're not doing it because we need you. We're doing it because we need you to see your value. There's a difference. We don't need you on team. We're not like, oh man, let's, let's have everybody on team because we want to use them. No, we don't want to use you. We want to utilize the gifts that God's given you. If you ever feel used at the church, then I hope you never do because we want to utilize the gift that God has given you. And you might think, man, they got it all together. Look at the team this morning. They're great. They got everything they need. You might be like, man, we got people welcoming us on the way in. We got our kids stuff taken care of. I can just tell you this right now. We do the best we can with with who we have, but there is way more room for more and we need you right now. We need you to, to utilize the gifts that God has given It says in the second book of Chris, For God so loved the world that he did not send a committee. <laughs> not sure where I heard that, but it's true. Okay, We need leaders who lead, not committees. you got to go through committee after... I hate committees. Oh my gosh, can I hear an amen? I hate committees. Seriously, we'll talk about that in membership today. But it's true, isn't it? Okay? Ecclesiastes 9.10 verse A. Verse 10, 10 verse A. It says, Whatever your hand finds you to do, do it with all your might. Give it everything you know. You're part of the body. Brave the unknown. <gasps> Hold a baby. What is it that God is talking about? If it seems terrifying and exhilarating, then stop running from it and pursue it. Take a risk. I'm asking you this morning to be relentless to see that all of this has to do with seeing our community know Jesus. I don't know about you, but my neighbors, people I hang out with, They don't all know Jesus. Do yours. No one said yes. Some people in our community, they don't have the faith that you and I do. We need to be that example to them. Because what they've been trying to do is not working. And I can say that with boldness. Because I was there for much of my life, trying it on my own without without Christ at the center. Without Christ at the center, it wasn't working. Try it a new way. Try it a new way. A healthy church, our last point for you this morning, celebrates along the way. How many grew up in the, how many have been in the church since like the 70s? Just raise your hand really quick. Since the 70s. Alright. Okay. Sing it with me, older generation. Celebrate, Jesus, celebrate. See, all you forgot that one, didn't you? You remember that song? We rocked out to that song, everybody. Celebrate, Jesus, celebrate. We're supposed to celebrate along the way. In fact, if you go back to the Old Testament and you read the book of Joshua, 
God told Joshua, he said, everything that I'm giving you, every part of this promised land that you've inherited along the way, he asked Joshua, it was directed by God, mandated by God, that he would set up these pillars of rocks so that every time they'd walk by them, they would remember what God had done and what God was doing. And every time... In the Bible, it says that in the book of Joshua, it says, and to this day, they're still there. Now, that was in Joshua's day, not our day. But how long were those there for them to remember and to celebrate what God had done? God had given them all this land. What has God given us? I don't know about you, but he's been giving us an incredible church. And I'm not talking about the walls. I'm talking about you. Okay? Look at what he's doing. Psalm chapter 115, verse 1, it says, not to us. Everybody say, not to us. Oh Lord, not to us. Say it again. But to your name we give you the glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. We don't celebrate to go, ha, look at us. Look at the bridge church. Aha, yeah, we got it. We got it figured out. That's right. Your pastor doesn't fly in a cape on Sunday mornings, but mine does. No, it's not about us. Not to us, but it's for him. And so everything that we do is a reflection back onto God. Everything that we do. So think about that for a moment. If everything we do Sunday morning is geared towards the one that doesn't yet know, and everything that we do is geared to give God glory, then wouldn't it be fair to assess and say that to give God glory, we need to bless the one that is still looking and be there for him? Constantly. Constantly. Now sometimes people, I, I hate the word, and I don't hear it too much in the church anymore, but there was this word floating around for a bunch of years called seeker-sensitive churches. You know, churches that were seeker-sensitive. Ah, scary. And, and so what happened is people were going, well, they're just trying to water down the gospel. They just want to make it really nice and fit into their little box and all this. Some were. I agree. Well, we're never going to water down the gospel at the church. No, that's not going to happen. No, the gospel's true. It, it's it saved my life, and I know it saved many of yours. We stay married to that message. The model, however, changes constantly and all the time. And let me say this. There is no greater seeker-sensitive person that has walked the face of this earth than that of the Holy Spirit. No one has more sensitivity towards the one who is seeking the truth than the Holy Spirit. More than you, more than me, more than any other pastor. He knows exactly their need, what God's trying to do in their heart. And what's crazy and awesome about the God we serve, there's probably 120, 130 of us here this morning. God meets every single one of us in our own needs, individually and yet corporately together. Have you ever thought about that? He knows your individual need, even when the person you're sitting next to might not. And he holds all that together in him. So we get to celebrate. You know, just a couple of things that, that we need to toot God's horn, not our own. What God did and what he's doing. Last Wednesday night, we had in this building, it was crazy, man. We had over 60 people in our church on Wednesday night. Last Wednesday. 40 of them, 39 to be exact, were youth. We had about 10 in our Bible study. Yeah, come on, celebrate. Huh? Come on. Average Sunday attendance right now has gone up 20% since October of last year. We got people showing up at small groups 
the women's Bible study, the ones we have Wednesday nights. We need more. We have a group of guys that comes and meets together Saturday morning that don't even attend our church. But one guy from our church started it and then he delegated it out. Truck drivers that get together and talk about Jesus. And half of them don't know Jesus. There's things happening, man, that we don't even know about through the week. Sometimes I don't even know what's happening. I love that. That's ministry. That's awesome. Now, can I just be vulnerable with you for a moment? Is that okay? I went over this and I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. I don't want to screw it up. I don't want to screw it up. I've been begging God, like, God, show us what, what's next. What, do we, what is it that people within our church need? What is it that people within our community need to know? What is, what, are there areas in my life that are holding us back? Are, are there areas where we need to make things right? Like, what are they? And I'm just, just being very vulnerable with you. And I know you, you, we can give the Christian answer and you can say, oh, Chris, God, God's bigger. And, and it's my belief. He is. I don't believe we can make things grow, but I believe we can hinder them from growing. You know, we plant seeds, we water it. God's the one who makes it grow. I don't want to screw it up. I don't want to screw up what God's doing. I've never led a church this size before. This is new territory for me. It's a little bit scary. I'm walking into new territory. I'm asking you to walk into new territory too. Last Wednesday night, we had 40 kids here. We had a big problem. Really big problem. We had three people helping our youth ministry. Derek has asked many people to come in there and help. And some of them, you know, I get it, man. You got life, you got little kids, or you've got, you've got uh, your kids in youth ministry, and I know they don't want you there. Been there, done that. But if God's speaking to you, if you have an ability for one and a half hours a week, you can come help speak into the generation of youth and young people. They're not the generation of tomorrow. They're the generation of right now. God's putting that on your heart right now. Listen to it, please. We're going to fill out a connect card and receive an offering in just a moment. So take out your connect card. Everybody grab a connect card. If you need one or a pen, raise your hand and one of our ushers will will see your hand and they can bring it by. This is my last question. If you need a connect card, raise your hand. I need everybody to have a connect card this morning. Last question. I'll put it on the screen. Do you realize, and if you agree with this, say yes, that your life is always touching someone else's? Always. So let me be really, really real. Here's the hard part of the message right now. This is the punchy in the throat part, okay? You need a break from you. It's not healthy to have you on your mind all the time. Are you serving anyone besides you? And I'm not just talking in the church. I'm talking outside the church, in the world. Or is it just you? You're so introspective. I'm introspective. I have to constantly think and pray for others. On that connect card this morning, go to the back side of it. You'll see there's different areas. I'm just going to tell you a few. And, and again, there's no pressure here. There's no, if you don't fill it out, if you don't put in that, we're, we're not going to, they're joked around, we're not going to hunt you down. We will try and do coffee with you or lunch or something. Or do lunch or coffee with somebody in the church. Youth ministry, man. That's a big one. In fact, I know we, we do a Bible study Wednesday night. I'm going to put a little pressure on my Bible study. If we don't find people to come into youth ministry, I'm going to cancel our Bible study so I can show up and help Derek as, as one of his youth leaders. Whoa, he means business, doesn't he? 
You'll find out when you read in Revelation by yourselves, everybody. Because I'm going to come help Derek until my kids kick me out. We need people to pray. God's power starts with prayer. We've adopted Woodbury Park and we have one lady who doesn't even attend on Sunday mornings usually who's been leading her butt off with the park taking care of it. We're looking for two or three people throughout the summer. We help bring in plants and move them and garden them. It's one way we reach into our community. I ask Barb Held at our city once a month, what can, what can we do? Children's ministry, man. It takes an army to serve our kids, man. And our army is growing back there. And the average age, I think right now, is like two and a half. Okay? So, we, if man, if you love holding babies, if you can do that, and, and you don't have like a, a criminal record, man, please fill that out for us. We do a background check on every person here. I don't think I ever did one, though. I better do one. We have security. Our ushers and, and Derek and some other people and our, our greeting team, we want to make sure it's secure because we're here, we've got an entryway, and then we've got our children back here. And so we want to make sure there's somebody hanging out there all the time. If you're going, you know what? We put the message on out there. If we go, hey, I, I can listen, I can handle that. Whatever it is, just know we're expanding. If you're going, man, that band sounds amazing. They don't need my talent. Some of you are like closet guitar players that we don't know about. We need more people on our team. And this man who I have the privilege of standing next to right now said, hey, he's willing to help lead anybody in guitar and help train them and teach them. If you're going, well, I don't know how and I don't know where I can get lessons. Well, we got rid of that objection now, didn't we? All right. Okay. Can we just give it up for Mark? He's an incredible man of God, man. Appreciate you very much. Last is this. We're going to receive an offering and we're going to take this. And so I'm going to invite you guys to come forward here this morning. When we give this morning, we ask something in our church. And if you want to give this morning, just invite you to prepare that right now. But we ask you to do what God would have you to give. My wife and I, we have chosen our entire life for the last 20 years, we tithe. So we give 10% of our income, go straight to the church, and then we give offerings above and beyond that. And this is to God's glory, not to ours. But there's been times where I can tell you that there have been times where we have given in excess of 30 and 40% of our income away. Not always. But I can stand here and say we've never been without. God has taken care of us. So what is it that God's asking you to do this morning? Do what he's asking. Don't feel any pressure from us. And last, if you're a guest and you're visiting with us, ask God what he would have you to do. But really what we're asking from you this morning is how can we pray for you? And how do you want to get involved? Well, it's my first time. Great, get involved. You don't have to be a member to be involved at our church. We just want to do life with people. Okay? That's it. Let's go ahead and we can pass those baskets. Let's pray. God, thank you for today and that you're with us. Lord, would you bless this offering and bless the remainder of our time this morning. God, have your way. If there's people here that need to know their value and their worth and that they're part of this team, would you show them? out of curiosity well that's going on I want to just finish with a quick story how many of you love doing like jigsaw puzzles anybody okay I, I hate jigsaw puzzles I cannot stand jigsaw puzzles and my wife loves them okay this is a point of marital contention big time this this is our marital contention right here puzzles but here's why you know what my wife my wife is the biggest risk taker I know and here's why you know what she does 
She won't go buy them when they're like over $5 at Walmart or Target. You know where she goes to buy puzzles at? Yeah. Thrift stores. Garage sales. Yard sales. She's a big risk taker, isn't she? Why? Because what happens? You get that puzzle going and it looks so beautiful. You got it all laid out on your table where your husband can't even eat up meatloaf and eat. And you got the stupid puzzle up there and it's all about done. And you're so excited. You almost have it all figured out. And you get down to the last two pieces. And where are they? Only God knows. Only God How many have been there before? I will never do puzzles. I hate puzzles. But let me just say this. We're taking a risk on you. And we're asking you to take a risk on us. Because... We know that we have all the puzzle pieces. You're one of them. When I look at it, though, some of them are still on the side. So come on in. Be part of it. Hey, have a blessed Sunday. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Can we just do this as just kind of a close, and then I'll release this on our way. Can we just give God an applause this morning? Can we just thank Him for who He is? Come on. man it's spring training so on the way out here's a little bit more training say hi to somebody all right it's not a suggestion go say hi to somebody and then in the next five minutes we're going to transform this from membership if you're here for membership we will see you back here if you are here for membership and we don't know please find pastor Derek and let him know that you're here have a great week we'll see you wednesday or tuesday or throughout the week this has been a podcast of the bridge church have a great week Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.